This is Shifting Our Schools episode 51, a Kotel reflection from Ghana. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for downloading and tuning in this week. So glad to have you as a listener. And thank you for once again spreading the word about Shifting Our Schools podcast to your teacher friends and colleagues. It's always great to see us building our audience and sharing the love of learning. And that's really interesting. Um, That's what today's show is really about, is about this idea of connections and how we are connected and how easy it is to be connected as an educator today, what we call a connected teacher. And so my first question to you is, are you a connected teacher? teacher? Are you connected on Twitter? Are you connected outside your school? How are you bringing the world to your students? And that starts with you yourself being a connected educator. We're going to get into that in today's show. We always love hearing from you uh, and comments or questions about the show. Any feedback that you have for us would really appreciate it. Uh, You can head over to sospodcast.org slash questions, or if you just go to sospodcast.org, you can click on the questions link at the front. It links you to our Flipgrid. There's a big green plus there that you can click on and get going. And if you've never used a Flipgrid, great uh, website to use with kids. So many amazing, amazing ways to use Flipgrid. And of course, you can use the hashtag FlipgridFever because we're going to be talking about some hashtags today in today's episode. It's hashtag FlipgridFever where you get to see all the different ways that teachers around the world are using Flipgrid with their kids as well. Two things to mention this week, and we've been talking about these for the last couple episodes, and we'll be continuing to talk about uh, the kind of the two big things going on over here at Eduro Learning right now, is right now we're really focused in on the Future Is Now conference that is going to be taking place in Seattle, June 27th. The whole gain is going to be here. Alyssa is flying in. She is our uh, director of learning, oversees all of our online learning in the COTEL program. Kim Cafino is flying in. She's actually home from the summer from Bangkok, so her and her husband are driving up from Portland. Uh, Chrissy Hellier is coming in from New Zealand, and uh, the whole team's going to be here. Uh, It's going to be a great one-day event here in downtown Seattle, end of June, beautiful time to visit. Uh, You can head on over to sospodcast.org, and at the top, you will see uh, the future is now link. It says the uh, TFIN uh, for the future is now link, and that'll get you more information and get you registered. Uh, looking forward to it. Going to be a great day of learning down here in downtown Seattle. Going to be uh, just a great time. The other thing, and I want to continue to talk about this because I need your help, is we're getting ready next August to launch the one to one micro credential over at Edura Learning. From June through August, we are going to be dedicating the shows here at Shifting Our Learning to the one-to-one teacher, those of you that find yourselves in classrooms where every student has a device. But I need your help. I need your help to come up with ideas. I need your help to be on the podcast. I don't mind talking to myself, but it's way better when I can have a conversation with three or four of you. So I'm looking for you to put your name down on the little calendar I've created where you can see what week we're going to record. We'll be recording two weeks before the episodes come out. That gives us some time to do some marketing and uh, make sure we get as many listeners as possible. Just to give you an idea of some of the topics we're going to be talking about. Uh, One of the topics we're talking about is uh, tips for managing 
the, or setting up your classroom management system, otherwise known as an LMS. And so we're going to be giving tips for as you get ready for next school year, what are things to be thinking about as you head into a one-to-one school uh, or one-to-one classroom as a teacher? What are some ways that you set up your, your learning management system, whether it be Google Classroom or uh, Canvas or Blackboard or whatever you use? And hoping to get some, uh, some guests on here to talk about that. Another one of our topics, uh, three ways to create highly structured, loosely organized learning environments. And that's building on episode 42. If you haven't listened to episode 42, it's probably our most popular episode here at Shifting Our Schools, where I explain what my uh, idea or what I mean by highly structured, loosely organized learning. That's episode 42. You can go back and listen to that. We're going to be building on top of that. What are some ways that that looks like in the classroom? And if you want to, I really hope that I get a couple of you to join. We can have up to four people, uh, including not including me, so that's a, a five of us have a great conversation around some of these one-to-one classroom strategies. If you'd like to sign up and see the schedule, you can head over to sospodcast.org slash one-to-one. That's one, the number one, T-O, the number one. So one-to-one. Or just go to sospodcast.org and you'll see the link one-to-one at the top. This week, I uh, had the opportunity to catch up with Ryan Harwood to reflect on Kotel. And for those of you that are new or don't know COTEL, COTEL stands for the Certificate of Educational Technology and Information Literacy. And it's a micro degree program that Kim Cofino and I started with the help of others at the International School of Bangkok back in 2009. Ryan is a graduate of the program and just recently finished being a cohort facilitator for our online A cohort which was also the first cohort where we integrated the Google Certification Trainer Program. And so this was the first cohort. Ryan had, you're going to hear the story uh, in, in the podcast itself, but Ryan came to us and said, hey, I finished Cotel. What do I do next? And he was already a Google Certified Trainer. We'd been working with Google to uh, create this collaboration that allowed Cotellers to become Google Certified Trainers at the same time, if they wished. And so Ryan was like, "I want to keep doing this. What can I? How can I be a part of Cotel?" And we were like, "Well, actually, seeing that you're a Google Certified Trainer, you'd be the perfect person to run our first um, cohort where we're integrating these two. So you're going to hear a lot about the Cotel program." Uh, what it has meant to him as a as a learner, what kind of the history about it, and how we're continuing to adapt it to integrate the Google Certification Trainer Program. There's another cohort starting soon. If you're interested, all the details are at Cotel.com. That's C-O-E-T-A-I-L.com. And we'll make sure that all of that is in the show notes as well. I love talking with international educators and Ryan, who lives in Ghana, again, just proves how amazing of a world we live in. And with that, on with the show. Well, welcome everybody back to another Shifting Our Schools podcast. I'm so excited that I'm joined here today with Ryan, all the way from the continent of Africa. Uh, So it's great that all the stuff you can do with uh, communication these days. Uh, It's always great to be able to bring people in from the international world as well as here in the States. And uh, so Ryan... Welcome to Shifting Our Schools. Thanks, John. uh, If you want to go ahead and just maybe give people a little bit about your background, where are you? Uh, How did you end up there? Uh, And just a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do. All right, cool. I'm Ryan Harwood, and I am currently at Lincoln Community School in Accra, Ghana. Um, 
and we've been here for five years. This is our fifth year, my family. My wife is an elementary counselor. I'm currently a uh, tech integration coach. And then I've got two kids that are in the elementary school. And I guess uh, I got here because uh, my principal in the States, uh, Julie Olson, moved from North Carolina to Ghana and we stayed in touch and she said uh, we should come along and eventually it worked out. So the first year she got over here, she, uh, she, she said, Ryan, you should totally come. You should totally come. And I got excited, but my wife was pregnant and uh, <laughs> she did a quick X on that, you know, yeah, I imagine. Out of the country right away, <laughs> uh, which was, which was legit. Uh, yeah. So it took, it took three more years, but we stayed in touch and um, I as definitely as professionally and as far as family is the best move we could have made. Yeah. It's been, it's been a fantastic experience. It's so funny, you know, because I mean, I totally get it with your wife being uh, pregnant and everything, the timing, you know, it, timing is part of it, but uh, I find it very interesting because a lot of times when I'm talking to teachers here in the States about like, oh, this international thing, they're like, yeah, I'd love to go, but you know, my kids and I'm like, oh, you don't get it. Like you're like, your kids get to hang out with 30, 50, 70 other nationalities. The level of education at these schools is incredible. I mean, it is a life experience that I wish I would have had as a kid, you know, there's those kind of those intangible things that it just totally, you know, totally. We, and, and handled it. Yeah. I, they love it. And actually yeah. talking about those life experiences our our housekeeper. So part of, this is always kind of a weird part about talking about international living. That yeah. We have a housekeeper slash nanny, Yeah, but she's been with us from day one. Uh, and when we got here, my, my kids were two and five. So my daughter was, was two and she basically considers herself Ghanaian, you know? Yeah. And, uh, because she doesn't remember her time in the States. Yeah. But we got to, on Saturday, uh, well, it was actually Friday and Saturday, we got to be a part of uh, her nanny, Tina, our nanny's um, wedding. And so it was beautiful, an absolutely yeah. beautiful experience. They do an engagement, which was this wow. big, kind of like a traditional wedding. So mm -hmm. all this, there's a story to it. There's all kinds of music and dance and all these things that go through. And that, we actually hosted that at our house. So that's we had awesome. like 40 people. We had no idea who they were. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and Tina and her uh, fiance in our house for this engagement. Uh, and then on Saturday, we went to the church wedding. And, oh, very and cool. So the cool thing that, you know, my kids were a part of this wedding. And I realized at some point that, that my son said, you know, this is the first wedding I've ever been a part of. Oh, wow. So for my son, that's, that's the baseline for weddings. Yeah. Right. They had how a boring is it, how boring is an American wedding going to be to him? Right? What a letdown! Exactly, what exactly. do you mean? This all we just standing up here? We both say I do, and it's over with. This isn't a three-day right. celebration, <laughs> right? There's there's no brass band. There's no people just getting up walking around. There's no so those types of experiences. Yeah. Uh, the the relationships they've built with with people and their openness just to the world, and yeah. and then just being a part of things like that. It's yeah. It, it's the best thing we could have done for our family. Yeah. I've got a friend who, um, he, his one daughter was born in Saudi Arabia when we were there and then they moved to Shanghai when we did and their second daughter was born in, in, uh, Shanghai. But I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think she was two when we, or their oldest was two again, when we moved to Shanghai, they both considered themselves Chinese American and they are blonde haired, blue eyed, <laughs> pale skinned right. girls but they're in their mind because you know they had a nanny they were raised bilingual for with their nanny so they speak fluent uh, mandarin and english and yeah. they 
they like on on international day they're chinese american they now live in dubai but they're moving Correct. back to china like they feel such a strong pull that their parents wow. are moving back to china uh, to give them that cultural experience because that to them is their culture isn't that crazy yeah, i love that it is it is and that's my daughter she you know yeah. she she at one point said she was african-american which yeah you know, <laughs> it's, it's fine when we're here we, we we won't let her apply for college that way or anything yeah. obviously but uh, that's so cool she, totally identifies with here for a long time uh you know when we first got here she spent half her day at home uh she went to like a preschool and then spent half her day at home with our nanny with tina yeah and she learned chui she learned the local language so yeah, that's not great he's the same this little you know white as she can be brown-haired girl and yeah. she would walk down the street and somebody would say hello to her and she would answer in chui and she could have these little conversations and it, it it brought so much joy to the local people that she talked to to see this little girl talking to him and it was so exciting and, yeah. and so much fun, you know, oh, so, that's so cool. She's lost some of that over the years is from, you know, not spending as much time at, uh, home, at yeah. home and, but it's so cool to be a part of that culture and, and yeah. And build those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Uh, what, what did you teach before you went overseas and where is North Carolina? Did you say? Yeah, I was in North Carolina in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I taught uh, humanities. Well, oh, in cool. North Carolina, they called it social studies. Yeah. Right. There was uh, there was a year when I first started that I taught science, and that was before there were quite as many regulations. <laughs> uh, so I was in a school, and they asked me to teach a couple of science classes, so I did. But my uh, my certificates in social studies, so I taught for ten years, I guess, in the states uh, before we decided to make the jump. And cool. uh, yeah, it's been good. Awesome. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Ryan just finished up being one of our instructors for our COTEL program, which stands for Certificate of Educational Technology and Information Literacy. <laughs> um, I, I created it and I can't even <laughs> what COTEL stands for. I literally have to go through it. I have to look it up every now and then. Yeah. Uh, COTEL, Certificate of Educational Technology and Information Literacy. Uh, if we'd have known what we were creating back in the day, we probably would have come up with something a little easier. <laughs> You don't know what you're doing. Right. But uh, it was online eight, right? Is it online yes. eight that you, um, talk a little bit about how you got involved in Kotel. Was this something that you heard about after you got overseas uh, and kind of what that journey was for you? Definitely. It was, uh, so I ended up, honestly, I don't remember how I got into it. My guess is through Twitter. I got pretty heavy into Twitter when I first got here and probably somebody in that community uh, tipped me off to the possibility of, of being a part of Coattail. And so uh, I went through online four as a, uh, as a participant and it was, it was fantastic. I loved it. It, it, it was great learning. It was a great community. Uh, I have lots of, I call them stranger friends, the yeah. people that I met on Twitter and we stay in touch and we check in every now and then, not just about education stuff, but uh, you know, about family and things like that and keeping up with where people are moving. And did you help to, did, with that, did you help to start Africa Ed, right? Hashtag Africa Ed? Yeah. So, so that was, that was kind of how I got heavy into Twitter. I, I stumbled on, I guess if you want that story, I'll, I'll give you the short version. Uh, there are several, several pieces to it. You know, yeah. like a lot of people, when I started out in Twitter, I was just checking scores and yeah, yeah. Uh, some famous people or whatnot. And I, I actually ended up, uh, talking trash with Jimmy Conrad, who is a uh, former U.S. men's national team player. And uh, 
that led to him actually coming here to Ghana. He was, wow. he was doing a story for the World Cup, and the U.S. was playing Ghana in the World Cup in, uh, I guess that was 2014. Wow. And I knew that he played in some uh, pickup games when he traveled. And so I was like, man, you got to come play in our pickup game. We have a staff game on Monday. Yeah. Please come play. Please come play. That's cool. And he did. Oh, my gosh. I, so we had a game uh, Monday afternoon where I got to play with a former U.S. men's national team player. How cool is that? All because of Twitter. Former, yeah, he brought a former Black Star. Uh, I think he was a captain of the Black Star, Joado, who played with us. Wow. More guys than ever showed up for a pickup game showed up that day. And, <laughs> and it was all because of Twitter. And I was like, okay, there's some power here. There's right? something here, yeah. There's something here. And so I started looking to it uh, more on the educational side. And I stumbled on a chat called BFC 530. That, uh, and I, it was in the very early days of that. And that has since exploded into, they now have a chat uh, in every time zone in the wow. U.S. So it's, it stands for Breakfast Club 530. Okay. Uh, so 5.30 a.m. in each time zone of the United States, they have a 15-minute spark chat that, that generally runs more like 30 or 45 minutes. Sure. Uh, but it's a great community of people. And I was like, you know what? I can, I can do this. And there's, there was not anything in, uh, I didn't feel like, or I could not find chats in my time zone that really fit. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to see what happens and put this thing together. Um, I, I guess at that point, I don't know if I had stumbled into learning two community kind of things yet, but mm -hmm. I, I had started connecting with some other people here. Uh, John Higgler at, at Otis uh, yeah. kind of jumped in with me and helped me kind of get things started. And I just... I just ran with it. I, you know, and over the years we've had, we've had chats where there were 20, 30 people. And then there have been chats where it was just me asking questions. Yeah. yeah. To yourself. <laughs> to myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I've learned that that's just kind of how it goes. You that's know? how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but, but through all, I mean, I guess to tie it all back together, somehow through that, I got involved in coattail. Uh, and then actually, I think that, that that was even part of how I ended up being, a a, a a facilitator for Coattail. I think I replied to you on a tweet and said, Hey, yeah. what about graduates? Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, what do you have in mind? And I was, well, I don't know yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah. You know, that's one of those things that I've always, my, my mom always said it never hurts to ask. Right. Yeah. And so I, I found that to be true. You know, yeah. uh, you ask people, Jimmy Conrad shows up and plays soccer with you. If you just ask him. Sometimes and, uh, yeah. Well, I just love yeah, I just love that. You know, I mean, for all the educators that are listening out there, I, I a lot of times when I'm doing um, social media presentations and it always comes back to Twitter because that's where educators hang out, like it or hate it, educators are on Twitter. And, but I get asked all the time, they're like, well, how do you connect with teachers in Africa? And I'm like, it's all about the hashtag. So if teachers want to connect, no matter where you are in the world, if you were trying to be like, you know what, it would be cool is if we could actually hear from somebody in Africa Hashtag Africa Ed. That is where teachers like you and John over in Addis Ababa and uh, the South African crew are, you know, I know a bunch of them yeah. hang out there sometimes. I mean, that is, that is those connections, right? Understanding those connections. Then you get to ask, right? First you understand right. the connection and then you're like, it doesn't hurt to ask, throw it out there. Right. You know? Right. You just throw something out there. And that's, yeah. you know, and recently over the last couple of weeks, uh, I, I guess it was last, Thursday, the WISE had a conference here uh, and in Accra. And so they, they kind of uh, took over, 
I call it my hashtag. I realize yeah. it's not, but they, <laughs> they started using Africa ed to promote the wise event that was Very happening cool. in Accra. And so I stepped back from having our weekly chat for a while because they had so much action in it. But because of my involvement in that, I was invited to be a part of one of their chats about so education cool. in Africa, which I, I do not at all claim to be an expert on. Right. But having been here for five years, you know, I did have some thoughts. And, and yeah. then and that in turn helped connect with more uh, local educators and people involved in the, the, the local education system instead of uh, the international scene. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, those, those worlds run together through hashtags and sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not, but in this case it was, that was another opportunity that just kind of, I stumbled into. Yeah. Uh, and then recently, you know, uh, Craig Kemp just likes to put out lists of educators in different places and he put out the top 50 in, in Africa and a lot of those, you know, people now we ride sure. that wave and try to get them more connected. That's great. Uh, it's a, it's a, I'm a huge fan of Twitter, you know? Yeah. It, it's incredible. The connecting it's power incredible. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what co what you, so in order to be a Cotel instructor, instructor, which Ryan just was, you have to complete the Cotel program. Talk right. a little bit about going through the Cotel program. <laughs> How intense was it for you? What did you get out of it? Like, as you reflect back now, um, kind of what, what were your big takeaways from going through Cotel? Uh, it, a couple of one of the things that I liked about it and that I like about online learning in general is that it, it is what you make of it. Right. Yeah. And there were so many resources and I'll be completely honest because I've, I've already passed. There were <laughs> weeks where I phoned it in, you know, it was like, yeah. look, I'm slammed at school. I'm not going to get much done. I'm going to write my blog post and take my lumps from my instructor. Yeah. And that's just kind of how it is. Right. And, right. and funny enough on now being on the other side, I saw that exact same thing. happening. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this guy really writes really cool stuff. And this week I get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so that flexibility of it is good, but, but the connections built with other uh, educators um, is invaluable. You know, yeah. uh, the, the working through it as a cohort and you get to, you start feeling like you actually know these people and sharing ideas back and forth. I don't remember exactly how many people were in that cohort, but, but it's enough that, that you're getting a lot of different ideas and just weekly, you know, you're yeah. reading through everybody's blogs. It's like, Whoa, I never thought of that. Or that's yeah. really cool. Or, that reminds me of something I did before. Um, that, I think that, that part of it is good. The, the resources were great. You know, it pushed yeah. me into different areas, uh, looking at resources I wasn't aware of. Um, yeah, it's just a good program, you know? Yeah. And, and I think anytime you have something that, there were, there are times that when you look at the week's work, it looks like there's so much to do Yeah, and you realize you have some choice, right? And it's like, yeah. Oh, well, I don't have to click on all 20 of those links. Exactly. I'm going to pick it's the five that, that look interesting to me. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but then you can always go back to it. So, you know, those were the things that, that really helped me. And then I, I think a lot of times, you know, as, as teachers, we don't get as much feedback as we would like. So part of working in Cotel or working through the program of Cotel was doing things in my classroom based on what I was learning. And then I'm getting feedback from my instructor on it. You know, yeah, even cool. if it's just on my blog post, I'm blogging about what I'm doing or my thoughts on what's happening. And uh, sometimes as a teacher, you get a first of year review and an end of year review and that's it. So yeah. to have, you know, colleagues and a, a facilitator giving you feedback on, on what's happening in your, in your learning and in your, 
teaching, uh, you know, that's a, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Cause I think, you know, one of the things that we are very proud of with the Kotel program is how, um, we try to make it as applicable as possible in the moment. So our goal is, is that like you're saying, like you get to go read these couple of resources and be like, I never thought about trying it that way. And then you get to go do it. Like you've got these little minions in front of you that you can literally test out ideas on. That's my favorite part. You know, we, right. I know we don't like to think of it that way, but really every teacher has some point in the day where they're like, you know what? I should try to teach reading this way. One time, not all the time, but maybe it works for a couple kids this way. Or you know what? That's a cool new math strategy I never thought about. I read on a blog post. I'm going to go give that a go. You know, right. you got these little and minions you get to just like test out all the time. I love it. And it's instant feedback, right? It's yeah, like, it's instant feedback. Times I try stuff and my kids are staring at me and I'm like, this sucks, doesn't it? And they're yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's try something else. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Uh, but yeah, there's so many things coming through Coattail that, yeah. Uh, to provide those opportunities just to try them out and see what happens and then to share you know hey guys this was cool or you know what do you think i did wrong here and people are giving you that feedback yeah and i think for people to know like the it all wraps up i mean it's five courses um it takes roughly a year and a half or three semesters um, when we try not to do things in the summer although you ran the cohort this was our first cohort you were the instructor of that started in the summer because we've had people right. asking for that and finished in a year so we're getting feedback from that now and see if we're going to do that again um but everything ends with a 10-minute video of looking into your classroom so talk to me a little bit about the what was it like to make that video, the reflective part of seeing yourself teaching? And I'm gonna ask you a favor. Can you send me a link to your video? I wanna put it so other people can look at your final project. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I, let me go back and look at it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that, you know, that was, I can talk about that on both sides as well now, and it was funny because I, I had a colleague here at school who was actually going through the cohort that I was leading. Yeah. And so we would talk from time to time and he came up to me like the week before the final projects were due. And he was like, I've got my project down to 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be 10. He's at 30 minutes. Yeah, it's supposed to be yeah. 10. I was like, dude, yeah. keep cutting. Cause I'm not watching. <laughs> I'm not watching a 30 minute video. dude. Uh -uh. And then somebody actually turned in a 20 minute video and I had to write them and be like, Hey man, you got to cut this down. Yeah, cut it know? down. It's tough. It yeah. really is tough. And, and I think but I appreciate that on both sides because you you're celebrating what you've done. You know, yeah. you don't get an opportunity to do that as much either. So true. And so you, you've built this project and you're like, Oh, I got all this cool stuff I've collected and I want to tell everybody about it. And when you're watching a 10 minute video, it feels like a long time. Right. You know, most, yeah. most of the like YouTube videos and stuff, they're a minute, they're three minutes. A song is four yeah. minutes at most. Exactly. So when you sit and watch a 10 minute video, it feels kind of long. <laughs> when you're making a 10 minute video or trying to cut down to 10 minutes, it doesn't feel like as long. Yeah. At it's all. not long enough. Yeah. Especially when you're describing a project that's a, that's about a completed unit. Yeah. You know, that may have taken you four or five, six weeks to, to actually do in the classroom. Yeah. So mine, mine was about uh, an oral history project that we did here uh, in the eighth grade. And I guess I was still in the classroom. I might've been in the transition between classroom and, uh, and, and being a coach. And it was, you know, it was a process. It's, it's totally a process, but it was a cool project. The kids interviewed, uh, I think that year they interviewed staff here at school about what their experience was uh, growing up and being school-aged. Mm, so cool. it was cool to sit, and they did it mostly in my office space because we needed a quiet space. So I got to sit outside and hear 
you know, <laughs> conversations. That's cool. Yeah, which is which is funny, you know, to see kids kids realizing that their teachers are people. You yeah. know, there's always that kind of like they know it, but there's always yeah. that like, wait a minute, you went through that too. Yeah. You are human. You don't sleep under your desk at night. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, like, well, it's like when you see your teacher at a grocery store, right? You were like, What? Yeah, exactly. You, you exist you, outside. Yeah. <laughs> My wife actually had a kid ask her just a couple of weeks ago uh, <laughs> if she slept in the back room behind her office. There's like a <laughs> room and a little third grader was like, Do you sleep there, Miss Robin? <laughs> no. I got a home just like you. <laughs> yeah, we, we go places. Yeah. But anyway, it, it, uh, yeah, it's, it was a cool pro- process to really think about what I wanted to show people about what I had done and really think about what worked and what didn't work. Uh, and, and there's, you know, there's a feeling of, uh, of uh, vulnerability, I guess, when you're putting that out there to people um, of hear the mistakes I made. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of the reflection process, right? Exactly. And, and if, exactly. if you can't admit those, then, then you're not going to grow. Exactly. And uh you know, there were some good projects in, 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 the, in my cohort I just led. There were some good projects. And one where the guy was like, this didn't work. Yeah. You know, it totally didn't work. I had to go and do something completely different. Uh, and while it didn't necessarily go along with exactly what we wanted as, uh, as our uh, process, I guess you would say, in Kotel, right. you know, with tech integration being a main goal, uh, it was it was a successful project in that he realized their limitations. Right. You know, there. This is and in, instead of trying to cram, and I think he said something like this: instead of trying to cram the tech down the kids' throats, he backed off. And yeah. and that's something that as a tech coach, I constantly say to people: you know, tech's not always the answer. That's right. If it's more of a struggle than it's worth, then then don't use it. It's and I okay. I feel like there's almost a almost a path that people have to go through where you I and I. I don't mean this is going to sound, I think, worse than it actually is, but you almost have to get to a point where you use tech in really bad ways to figure out that, oh my gosh, it really doesn't work that way. It actually was yeah. better with paper and pencil and be okay with that, right? And yeah. be okay with that. But you almost have to get to that point where you're like, oh my gosh, that was an amazing project. It only took half a school year. I could have <laughs> right. done it in a week if I'd have done X, Y, and Z, you know? I mean, you right. just get those... And I think that is that to your point, you know, that reflection alone of like, I found myself just trying to jam tech, jam tech, jam tech, and it wasn't working. My approach isn't correct. The tech isn't right or things aren't lining up and that's okay. You know, you back off and try it again, back off and try it again, you know? Right. And that's, you know, that's something that I learned too. Like coming here, I came from coming from the States. Technology was uh, two giant monitors in the classroom, you know? like the big box computers and then maybe a, we, we actually had a cart of uh, iPads that, that I managed to, to get us through grants and different stuff like that. So technology just wasn't there and then, uh, or not readily accessible, not as easily yeah. accessible. Then I came to school here and, and it was a bring your own device school, basically one-to-one. Yeah. And we could use computers every day. And I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, yeah, those computers out, you know, we're going <laughs> to use them. And, and partway through the year, I was like, okay, wait a minute. You know, yeah. this is not, you know, it was, it was really exciting to have it. And so you run with it. And then right. just like you're saying, I got to that point where I was like, I'm, and this is stupid. They, yeah. they need to be writing. They need to be doing these different things. Yeah. And it, it but sometimes it does take, re, you know, hitting that wall. Of yeah. Why I agree. Is this so frustrating. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. 
because it's not necessary. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm way overusing the tool. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. I like to cut my pizza with a pizza cutter, but it doesn't work on everything. You know, it works right. great <laughs> on pizza. It works great right. on pizza. But try to scoop ice cream with it. Not. Yeah. Doesn't not, work at all, man. No, not at all. <laughs> you know, the right tool for the job. And uh, that's exactly. something that you have, to, you have to think about for sure. Exactly. Uh, so talk a little bit then about, uh, so you reached out to me on Twitter and were like, hey, what do I do? Why did you want to continue? I mean, you finished the course. You're done with this thing. It took over three semesters of your life. And then you tweet me and say, now what do I do? Yeah. Why, you know, I think you that. I, well, I think that part of it was just it's a good community. You know, yeah. and, I, and I'm always looking for, for ways to grow as a professional. And so for me, I think, I think the conversation was something around, uh, you, had, you had said that the next thing was that uh, Cotel members could get their Google certification. Right. And, and even Cotel graduates could get Google certification. And so I was like, well, what, what about people, you know, I don't know, why not ask? I don't, I'm not even sure why I was asking, but I was just like, yeah. I want to see if I can start a conversation, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I wanted the opportunity to be a, be a part of it because I felt yeah. like it's a good thing. You guys have with, with Cotel and Udara Learning, and, and am I correct? You've got your hand in learning too as well. Yeah. Those are all, you know, great programs. I, I will say I haven't made it to a learning two yet, but it's not for lack of trying. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but it was just something, an organization that I wanted to see if I could become a part of. Yeah. Um, and so I learned enough going through it as a participant that I wanted to see you know, what else, what else is there. And I honestly, I feel like I learned just as much, if not more going through it as a facilitator. Yeah. Cause it's the same, it's the same process almost exactly. you know? like I'm yeah. giving feedback, but to everybody, instead of just a couple of people, yeah. Obviously, there's a little bit more of a role to it. I mean, I worked really hard, Jeff. Yeah, you know? I know um, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you but, had the added thing, like you were talking about, like we added and you ran the first cohort where now, if you didn't know this, you can take our Cotel program and become a Google certified trainer at the same time. And so not only did you tweet me and say, hey, what's next? I was like, well, actually, do I got a job for you? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to be a facilitator. You're also going to try to help us figure out how do we integrate this new thing so that people can both finish Cotel and become GEGC, G, what is it? Google certified trainer, GCT certified at the yeah. same time, you know? And uh, that was definitely an added, and we learned a ton. Like we just had a conversation a yeah. couple of days ago with you, me and, and Lissa talking about like, oh, we didn't do this very well and this integration part didn't work. And that reflection piece, you know, that we continue to talk about is so important uh, and, and moving forward with it. Yeah, and, was, and that conversation, you know, was, is part of practicing what you preach, right? I thought yeah. that was a cool conversation because it was like, it was honest. It wasn't like, good job, guys, pat you on the back. It was like, dude, that didn't work, you know? Yeah. What, what do we need to, and not that it, there were parts that worked. Sure. Uh, of course, but but it, there's room for improvement, and I think yeah. that that the people behind the scenes recognize that is is super important. And, and it, actually, and five was, minutes before, up to five minutes before we were getting ready, I'm on the document that we started with Lissa, going through it, you know, and being like, yes, this looks a lot more solid, a little more clear for people. Um, the next Cotel cohort, for those of you that want to join this amazing community that people just want to be a part of, uh, is going to be in August or September. I don't know exactly what the start date is yet, but uh, this year. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Like it's just becoming more integrated, right? It's going to be a pretty cool program. And I like and I like that you know even that you know talking about just kind of asking. Let's put that document up and and 
I assumed she wanted feedback. So I started putting feedback on it. And then she was like, yeah. all right, you, me and Jeff are going to talk about this. And I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I wasn't anticipating that, but I appreciate, you know, being, a, I told her too, I appreciate being part of those conversations. It's, yeah. it's, it's growth for me to hear what yeah. your ideas are and, and to see how the program grows. Uh, and, and hopefully I, you know, I get to do it again in the future and it'll be a little bit better Yeah, because it's, it's a good program and both of them are, uh, you know, the Google, I did the Google trainer certification on my own. Yeah. It was cool. It pushed me to do some different things in different ways, uh, as a, as a coach here, you know, and, and again, more connections, uh, yeah. that that's a community of people as well. There's a message board there and people are trading ideas and sharing resources and it's, uh, you know, those connections in, it, to me as an international educator and really I think as an educator anywhere that building those connections are, that's, that's where critical. You yeah. And, it's, so and especially critical. now because your school may or may not offer you tons of PD, yeah. but it's at your fingertips, you know, and it, know. it just it keeps coming around. I keep, uh, you know, back to the Twitter hashtag. I, you know, I'm still amazed when I'm doing a presentation on Twitter and people are like, Oh, I wanted to go to that conference, but I couldn't get time off or the district wouldn't pay for it. And I'm like, just follow the hashtag. Like if you want to take a personal day, sit at home, fire up Twitter, find the ISTE 18 hashtag right. and you will, you get to go to every session with, and get to sit on your couch eating popcorn if you want and right. get to see it all. Like it's like, if you find the hashtag for a conference, you still go to the conference. People share everything out there. Yeah. And about people share their time. resources, right? The, I know. The, the presenters Just, are even give this stuff away. <laughs> here are my slides from today's re from yeah. today's presentation. And ISTE even has the not at ISTE hashtag, right? I know. And For those so that don't go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just this, it's unbelievable the power of those connections and being a connected educator. To me, that's the idea, right? You've got to be connected. You know, right. you want to find how, like, I love it. I have teachers all the time. I'm like, well, I want to talk to a school in Africa. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? Well, I don't even know where to start. And I'm like, you got to start by communicating, right? You got to be connected. If you're connected, right. those connections, somebody knows somebody in this world. You know, it goes really, really quick, but you got to be connected. You got to be somewhere where there is, yeah. uh, where those connections exist. That's, that's, I read, you know, I, two easy examples there. I, I, at one point I decided I wanted to run, I tried to run an ad camp here. Nobody had really done that in this area. And so I put out on, on Twitter, I was like, Hey, PLN friends, BFC 530, Africa, whatever, you yeah. know, I was like, I want to run an ad camp. How's it work? And within an hour I had an entire folder of, from a friend who had run uh, Ed Camp Denver. Yeah. And so it's like every, and of course that was like thousands of people and I was working yeah. with like maybe 20. Yeah. But, but here's their schedule and how they organize stuff and folders, just people just sharing Google folders. Yeah. I, and then I had to write my, I wrote, I got to write my own um, job description when, when I transferred from a classroom teacher to a, a tech coach. And again, I just asked my Twitter friends, uh, and actually, Lissa gave me a whole folder again of here's all the job descriptions I had just collected like a year before, you know, yeah. and those things just come in. It's just, and yeah. it is, it's there. People are willing and excited to share. And then, it, and that in turn makes me excited to share back, you know, yeah, exactly. I can, I can, I can answer that question. Yeah. You know, here, I can me, give something back to the next person. Right? I know that one. I know the answer. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, and then, you know, that's part of what Cotail does too, right? Part of yeah. it in the beginning is making sure that you're connected. You've got all of your, your cohort in your uh, feed 
so that you're catching up with their blogs. Yeah. You've got everybody's on Twitter or, or Google plus or whatever it is that they decide to use. And you've got those shared. Uh, and it is, it's, it's making those connections. I, yeah. I, mean, I might've said that 10 times already. I, I know. 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 And it's, so it's, it's fascinating to me too, because I mean, I, what came out of Kotel and both Kim and I have re- tried to reflect on what happened. Like, how did we, I mean, when we created it, you know, we created Kotel just for our teachers at International School of Bangkok. It was never meant to be this, you know, it was never meant to be an online program. Like we had to like, we started having schools being like, oh, you guys are doing this really cool stuff in Bangkok. Will you come do that in Taipei? Will you come do that at Seoul Foreign School? And we're just like, okay, well, we've got something here. Um, You know, and it just kind of, it, it kind of naturally spread. But to the point where we started having people much like you finish Kotel and then we're like, okay, well, what do I do now? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Like you finished the program. We didn't, didn't have a step two. We don't right. know. And they're like, but I want to, I want to keep, I want to keep learning. I'm like, well then keep blogging on your own. Like, you know, is yeah. that thing. But it just made me think that I just, just now saw that Lissa just sent out that we now have Cotel 2, which right. we've been teasing for a year for if you've graduated from Cotel 1, that's the 101 course. You now have 201 if you'd like. Um, uh, and it's a, a lot of freedom, a lot of just being part of the community, being part of those connections for people that want to continue their journey. So we're excited for that. We'll see if anybody takes it. Um, yeah. You know, it's one thing when people are like, I finished Cotel, now what do I do? And you're like, well, we've created more courses for you. And they're like, oh, well, I don't know if I really want more courses. Well, it's what you all right. said you wanted. So we did it. Right. Well, see anybody. Yeah. You know, and that's one I wish it, I've looked at that and I'll be honest, I wish I could do it, but it's, it's, we're, we're in transition. My family's in transition right now to a new school and, and to a new job. So yeah. I'm going to keep my eye on it for the future, yeah. you know, as, as something to do, but, but it is, it, it reconnects, you know, it's an opportunity to continue the learning through yeah. uh, it's, it's based on, if I'm correct, kind of the micro credentials that you've already built. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's a little more micro credential ish. Um, it's, it's a lot of free form, almost like think of university, you'll have a capstone course and then you get to choose from a list of other courses and kind of put together your own learning journey uh, um, with still a reflection on blogging. So for example, right. you know, like somebody like you, that's in a coaching role, if you wanted to really focus in on some of the coaching courses, you know, then you can do that. Or you really want to get into gamification because that is something you've heard about. You just haven't had time, you know, you can take those courses. So we're trying to make it as open again, you know, I mean, that's what we're always been about is how do we make it applicable to you right now in your classroom where you are? I think to me that that's part of the reason in my own reflection I hear over and over again from people is they're like, I loved it because I could read something and go and try it out. Or I put together a lesson plan because that was the final unit and I went and tried it out. Or, you know, I had to create a video. So I created a video to share with my kids. Like, you know, like things that you can do in the classroom. So, and even, even, you know, even in the blog posts and the build up to this is I like that it's been honestly like, all right, this is our first run at it. You know, we're going to, we're going to give you guys an opportunity to come in here and it might not be perfect, but we want you guys to help us build it. And I think yeah. that's something that, that was something I like doing in the classroom was like, okay, guys, here's what we're studying and here's where we need to get. Like, how are we going to get there? Yeah. And, you know, kids give you that blank look the first <laughs> couple of times. They're like, yeah. what? You're tricking us, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but once they get ownership, they're all about it. They're all about yeah. building the way our course is going to go. And, I, and teachers are the same way, you know? Yeah. If, if it's if I have the opportunity to choose what I'm going to learn and get credit for it and, and grow from it, then 
yeah, sign me up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd mentioned a little bit that your, uh, your family is transitioning. You're headed off to Jordan. Congratulations to that. And you also, um, before we started recording, you were talking about that you're moving back to the classroom. Talk a little bit about what are you, what's, what's that going to be like for you? Like how long have you been in this coaching role now in Ghana? So, uh, two years full time and then one year half time and then one year with just one extra planning period. Yes. I basically, as far as you grew it right from one planning period to a full-time position. Well done. I kind of kept tapping on shoulders. Like, I think this would be a good idea. You know, how about (laughs) I do this? And maybe what if this happens? Uh, so it was a slow progression and, and I've really enjoyed being out of the classroom. Uh, I love working with adults and sharing, you know, my learning from things like Coattail or, or what I've gotten from Twitter or uh, whatever it may be. It, it's, it's fun. It has been fun for me to feel like that that impact that I have on teachers is trickling down to the students and giving them yeah. more opportunities. Um, and, and also it's been a, it's been, it's every day is different. Every day is absolutely different. You know, some days I sit kind of lonely in my office <laughs> and then the next day they're like teachers in and out of my door all day long and I'm going yeah. to the classrooms and, and um, it's, it's a big puzzle kind of the coaching. Yeah. Uh, so that's been fun. And I honestly did not miss grading papers or, yeah, of course. That's all that's or any of that kind of stuff. I'll be upfront about that, <laughs> but I'm excited to go back in. Uh, I'll, it looks like right now I'll be teaching uh, a couple of sixth grade humanities classes. Oh, very cool. And then three tech electives, which would oh, be cool. cool. Uh, those are still kind of being worked out, but okay. maybe a, a coding class, uh, some kind of coding type class, a, um, what was the other one? Like a design, a media design, something oh, around cool. uh, like Photoshop and SketchUp and all those different kinds of things. And the third one, we're kind of negotiating on a possible, uh, kind of innovation course, which mm-hmm. is something that I had heard. Uh, there's a guy, Don Wetrick, that does it in the States. He runs an innovation course for uh, in a high school. And I was like, ah, that seems cool. I would love to see yeah. what that looks like in a middle school. Uh, and which is one of the reasons I'm excited about going to this, this school that when I, in my conversations with the principal, the original job that was posted was a middle school tech coach. And that's yeah. why we applied. My wife's an elementary counselor. I wanted to be a tech coach when those two jobs pop up together, it's a very rare thing. Yeah. So we applied, you know, and they, but they were up front. Aman was up front at the very beginnings and it may not be that. Yeah. That's cool. We'll keep talking. But the principal has said, you know, what are some things you think you could teach? We we really only need a part-time humanities teacher. So what, what are the other things? And so I gave him a list. I was like, here's some stuff I've done in the past. Here's some things I think would be cool. And uh, so we've been talking lately about that, that innovation course of what that might look like. That's cool. I'm still not hundred percent sure what it would look like, but it's, it's similar in the high school is more of a entrepreneurial type yeah. course. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the middle school, it would obviously have to be a little bit different, but, sure. but somewhere between a passion project kind of thing and an entrepreneurial type uh, course. So it's exciting to know that yeah, that's cool. I, I get to build something. Yeah. You know? build. And and I've been given that pass. He said, you know, if this doesn't work, it's okay. We'll yeah. we'll we'll try it out and we'll do something else. So uh I and I think that'll be fun with the kids knowing as well that this is a new course, this is a new opportunity. You guys get to help kind of shape what's gonna happen. Um so there's some excitement there, you know. Cool. I'm 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 excited to have a different opportunity and and mix things up a little bit. Uh 
and it'll be good too. you know, in the past when, when I was a humanities teacher, I taught five sections of humanities. And so all teachers know that by that third section of the day, it's like, I, I can't remember if I said yeah. this to you or to the first class or like, you know, what have yeah. we done so far? My favorite is like, you know, period one, it takes you an hour and you're like, oh my gosh, I got way too much stuff. And then you covered the exact same amount in like 10 minutes by period three, right? You're just like, <laughs> hey, yeah, do this, 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 this. Yeah. What am I doing with the last half hour of the day? Right. So I'm excited. <laughs> there'll be, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be harder, a lot more preps, obviously, yeah. but, but at the same time, I'm, I'm up for a new challenge. So I think cool. that'll be, that'll be exciting. Yeah. I love that. Congrats. Congrats to you yeah. and your family. That'll be a fun move from Ghana to Jordan. I love yeah. it. Uh, yeah. So is there a hashtag for the Middle East? Aren't they M E Ed or M E chat Ed or something like that? There's yeah, there's yeah. a, the, where Jordan is, it's Nisa N E S A chat. Mm-hmm. So it's Nisa chat, which I've snuck into that one a few times. You yeah. Know, just like, hey guys, I want to make some friends before I get there, you know? Yeah. Cool. Uh, but there's also a, I think it's uh, Mina, M E N A, is okay. is kind of the other part maybe of of that region. Like, I, I don't know. I know that there are a couple of them in that. There's a couple of them. But you can find them, right? Like, when the time right. comes, you find them. You because you get into. Yeah, you get into one person and they just look at what they've been saying and it yeah. those hashtags pop up. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for being an instructor for Online 8. We really appreciate it. Glad that it was a learning journey for you as well as it was for the participants. Um, we're so excited. I'm sure we will have you back in the future after we get this uh, GCT thing, the Google Certified Trainer thing. It'll work out a little bit. And you'll be <laughs> right. hanging around for a while because we're going to be picking your brain. You're the one that actually taught the... We'll definitely be continuing having conversations uh, with that. So uh, thanks for taking some time to just uh, have a conversation, talk about international teaching a little bit, a little bit of coattail. Uh, It's been great. And uh, uh, good luck on the move this summer. That makes it for a hectic summer. You got to pack up all your stuff in Ghana. And I take it it's going by probably by ship. Yeah, by sea. It's actually going by air. It turned out. By air. Wow, okay. Apparently ships don't go from here to there that often. Oh, wow. They were like, it was almost exactly the same price to go by air. Wow. You get to hang on to your stuff a little better, a little longer. Yeah. No, it'll, it'll sit in a warehouse all summer. And then I guess make a phone call when we get there and it'll get all your visa paper. That's that's what they say will happen anyway. You know, there's always a weird feeling when all your stuff leaves on a truck. Yeah. It's just like, okay, there goes my life. I guess so. (laughs) All right. Um, after the show, if you'll just send me an email, um, maybe with like your Twitter handle website or blog or, and then your YouTube, I want the YouTube link to your final Kotel project. So that'll be fun for people. And we'll make sure all of that is in the show notes for people. Uh, any other links that you want to share that with, with people, we'll make sure that makes the show notes. Cool. Uh, awesome. I'll do it, man. This has been fun. I appreciate you all having right. me on. Thanks Ryan. Really appreciate it. All right, Jeff. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.